tonight for sake of time. I know several are battling some fatigue tonight. That's I appreciate you making the sacrifice to be here. Those are pictures of a real man's hands. We get together, we want to encourage each other to be real men. Men of valor, men of God. Those are the hands of a man right there. Hands of Jesus Christ that took our sins. First Peter 2.24 The NIV says, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. And then in the Amplified Version, it says, He personally carried our sins in His body on the cross, willingly offering Himself on it as on an altar of sacrifice, so that we might die to sin, becoming immune from the penalty and the power of sin, and live for righteousness. For by His wounds, you who believe have been healed. I'm thankful for nail-scarred hands. I'm thankful that God cares enough that He went in the flesh and died on the cross and rose that body on the third day so that we too could be raised in newness of life. We're going to just pray and ask the Lord to have His hand upon us tonight. And I don't know if this going to cooperate. We're going to deal with that again, I guess. (laughs) So I might have to flick the mic every once in a while. thought we were over that, but just like real life issues, when you think you're over it, (laughs) it comes to the surface again. (laughs) So it's a good object lesson. (laughs) And uh, that's why we're here, because God can help us with that. He He doesn't condemn us. He helps us. And I'm thankful for that. So uh, tonight we're going to pray in just a moment, but I wanted to open with those verses, uh, well that verse, a couple different versions, because obviously this week is Holy Week, we're focusing on the death, uh, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and uh, the Lord just brought to mind, as I was thinking about tonight, to just focus on His example of manhood. Jesus Christ is the ultimate and true model for manhood. Plain and simple. He's a sacrifice and example for everything, but uh, especially for manhood and as it pertains to us. So let's just ask the Lord to help us tonight. Uh, I'm sure you'll be challenged as I have been challenged even just in preparing. But don't. it's not a challenge to push down. It's a challenge to pick up. It's a challenge to bring further along. And uh, so tonight, don't leave uh, feeling bad, leave feeling encouraged. We try to do that. The only way we're going to feel bad is if we're like the rich young ruler, we hear what we're supposed to do, and we decide we don't want to do that. But as long as we'll say, Lord, I'll do it, I need your help, but I'll do it, then we're going to go with joy. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for this time together tonight, thankful for the fellowship we've had, thankful for these great men that are here tonight that we can encourage one another and and uh, it probably even for some of us to hear we're a great man is something that's hard to accept but 
through your spirit, through your blood, through your sacrifice, uh, we are great men. Not because of us by ourselves, uh, but because of what you have done for us. We are clothed in your righteousness. We're clothed in your authority and in your power. And Lord, we want to behave ourselves like you. We want to walk like you and talk like you and be like you in every way possible to be real men of biblical manhood. In Jesus' name, amen. As I looked into this uh, topic tonight, I actually am going to be quoting primarily from um, some articles by Eric Jones, someone I previously uh, had no knowledge of, but when I began to study and look into this topic, um, some articles came up that he wrote, and I really enjoyed them, so... um, he has a website. I believe he's the one who has the website. Uh, these articles are found on a website, www.lifehopeandtruth.com. Lifehopeandtruth.com. And uh, the reason I came across this was because I put in Jesus Christ as the model for manhood, and this article is almost the exact same title. Jesus Christ, the true model for manhood. Almost the same exact wording. So... I figured it must be good. And sure enough, it's good. But before we get to that, that was part two, so I want to go over part one real quick with you, if you don't mind. Uh, the first article is, uh, is a two-part series, so we won't have uh, 15 articles to go over tonight. But a two-part series on why real men are becoming extinct and how to fix it. Because we want to know how to fix it. We don't want to just hear the problem, right? <laughs> As men, we want the solution. A couple quotes from the first article says, Manhood is in decline from underperforming students to effeminate behavior. Traditional manhood is slowly vanishing. What is happening to men today? The decline of true manhood is real, another quote says. The danger to our boys and young men is real. Unless major changes are made, we will see this trend continue and worsen just on the way to church tonight I saw two examples of this I don't say this to condemn anybody the beauty of it is you have no clue who I'm talking about so it's not personal right I don't even know these men I'm talking about first guy I'm driving down 198th he's walking on the sidewalk this way I'm driving from distance I see him take a oversized can of alcoholic beverage out and take his plastic bag and literally just throw it in the grass on on the ground. And then he sits down his can of beer, turns around to the fence, zip. I'm not the only car driving down the road. Okay? There's cars behind me, cars going the other way, and this guy could care less kind of the epitome of what we're talking about no responsibility no care or concern for whoever he threw the garbage in their grass and the whoever he's urinating on their fence doesn't care and I, again I, I hope God saves him and I hope he makes it to heaven it's not about that it's just that's an example of a lot of the manhood in our society and the other one just you know I'll just say this much. I purchased my soda from an individual 
who was a male, but they were wearing women's lipstick. I'll just that's as far as I needed to go there. And again, I don't say that to condemn that individual. My heart was out goes out to them. But they're obviously confused. And it's it's a, a symptom of our society getting further and further away from biblical manhood. And it's not about being chauvinistic, it's not about being um, thinking we're better than women. It's not about that, but it's about being what God has designed us to be. If we're being, if we're running around like Tarzan, beating our chest and thinking that we're superior in some way, then we have another problem. But becoming effeminate and not taking responsibility. So here's uh, part of the problem that he. Uh, proposes obviously it's a complex social problem there's many factors but he lists three things that contribute to this condition in this decline of of men that are biblical men number one is uh, video games and media now i'm not going to read everything word for word but basically he's talking about excessive gaming or media that promotes constantly violence or obviously lust, um, you know, pornography, degrading women, uh, unhealthy, sinful sexual behavior, stuff of that nature is causing tremendous amounts of damage to men's minds. And before we act out wrong, we have something wrong here, right? Our heart and our mind are what eventually... um, condemn us through our actions so we have to be careful all video games no they're not bad all media no it's not bad but how much are we doing it and what is the content it's two issues content and time because we could be playing something that's not bad content but if we're neglecting other responsibilities right it's not good we could be doing something else that is productive Because as much as we get good at gaming, it doesn't solve anything eternally, number one. And number two, unless you're a professional, you're not getting paid for it, right? So it's not not helping in those areas. But uh, one of the attractions of uh, video games, along with other media, is that it gives us a a false sense of of, uh, accomplishment. We're accomplishing things in um, false reality instead of real life. Maybe I'll just switch to another mic. I don't know if it'll matter, but this thing is annoying. Sorry about that. Uh, number two is missing fathers. I don't want to try I'm trying not to stop on any of these too much, but missing fathers. Over 40% back in 2012, over 40% of all births were to single mothers. Over 40% of all births were to single mothers. That's crazy. Number three, lack of strong positive male role models. Lack of strong positive male role models. Again, this is closely tied to missing fathers, but also just uh, people not being willing to step up and be a mentor or someone in someone else's life that, that they can look up to and they can learn how to actually be a biblical man in all contexts of life because it's more than just praying and reading your Bible, right? <laughs> That's not just the epitome of a biblical man, someone who prays and reads their Bible, but they live 
a certain lifestyle. So that's um, three examples, and he he goes on to say, uh, consider the example of a 2007 film entitled Knocked Up. Seth Rogen plays an unemployed, uneducated slacker who's more interested in getting high and getting drunk than doing anything else. Katherine Heigl plays an educated, motivated, successful career woman who gets pregnant in a one-night stand with Rogen's character. The entirety of the movie portrays the disparity between the two. Unfortunately, this general theme is played out in a continuous stream of television shows and movies and sadly, even in real lives. The statistics bear this out. Okay, it's, it's, not, it's not wrong to have your wife make more money than you, but you should be doing something if you're well and able. If you can't, then that's another thing. That's obviously that's the case sometimes, but while you, should, while you can, you should try to work. Be responsible. Okay. So the solution, which we want solutions, right? Solutions are good. Video game usage and media consumption must be dramatically curbed by parents. So this is, doesn't apply to everyone in here, but if you're a parent, you need to be careful how much you're allowing, if you have a, a son, how much you're allowing them to use video games or media. Daughters too, but we're talking about becoming men tonight. So you need to be careful how much you're allowing your children to ex- be exposed to video games and media and especially be careful about the content of those things. Uh, men and women of all ages need to commit themselves to only having children with a committed marriage. The biblical law limiting sexual activity to marriage was not designed just to restrict human sexuality, but to create stable, healthy societies. Because societies are built on families. Okay? So societies and churches suffer when the family unit is destroyed. The enemy understands this. And finally, individual men need to take up the mantle of leadership and example. It's okay to stand out. That's how you're going to be seen. I don't want to be different. That's the price of leadership. Standing up for what's right, even if no one else is doing it. So what do real men look like? The second article, I want to highlight just a few things. Again, I'm trying to move quickly tonight. Uh, But the second article, Jesus Christ, the true model for manhood. There's five essential lessons about being a real man in this article. And again, you can find these online. um, And I can give you that information later if you want. But number one, real men prepare themselves in their youth. And if you're past your youth, start now, right? Don't, don't let that deter you, but we should help young men prepare themselves in their youth. Throughout the Bible, it gives a few details of Jesus' childhood, but it does tell us that he focused on preparing himself for adulthood. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. That didn't just happen. He applied himself to better himself. And again, if we didn't do that when we were young people, don't be discouraged by that tonight. Don't go home and think, oh man, how much better a man could I be if I would have done? Don't worry about it. Do it this point forward. 
What am I doing with my life now to prepare myself for the future I feel like God has for me? Because God will give us a vision, but that doesn't mean we're ready to do it. Right? He wants to prepare us for that. And so we, if we want to get to where we're going, we've got to submit to the process of preparation so when we get there, we're ready to do it. Does that make sense? Okay, because God calls us to greater things, so we're not just stuck where we're at and thinking this is all I'm ever going to be, but we have to commit ourselves to the process so that when we get there, we're ready. Real men prepare themselves for the future. Number two, real men work. Jesus Christ's life was an example of work and productivity. In his adult life, we know Jesus having two primary occupations, a carpenter and a teacher. His young adult years were primarily spent working in the carpentry profession, learning the profession from Joseph, his stepfather, and probably working in a family business with his physical brothers. Even though he was God manifest in the flesh, he drove nails and carried wood. He did physical manual labor. He submitted himself to the foreman of the job. Because I'm sure Jesus wasn't the foreman at 12. Right? So he had to listen to somebody else. And some of the problems with us in employment sometimes, I'm just... I'll just, it'll be, if it doesn't help you, it's not you, just pass it along. But sometimes we just can't submit to someone else telling us what to do. If it's not sinful, we should just do it. We're getting a paycheck, we're agreeing to be an employee. If I don't like it, that's not really part of the equation. It's, is it sinful? No, it's not sinful. Then I just need to swallow my pride and do it. And I didn't work it for a long, long time, but there's been several jobs I had. Concrete job in the summer one year when I was in high school. I was not, you know, they didn't hold my hand and play patty cake with me. They didn't care that I was 17 years old. They used that to their advantage. They worked me like a dog and made fun of me most of the day. But I earned their respect over time because I just kept doing what I was supposed to be doing. It doesn't mean I made mistakes and everything, but I worked as hard as I could yeah I could go on and on about that but it's good it's man it's manly to be submissive to your boss it's manly to work under authority as long as people aren't asking you to do something sinful it's okay we need a strong work ethic as men I'm tempted to be lazy just like you are but sometimes we need to grow up and work. And as much as possible, do what we can. Again, for balance sake, there's times where we can't do things like we used to or whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you're well, you're able, you should be trying. Okay? Number three out of five. Again, we're getting moving through these quickly. Real men respect women. There, See, again, it's not... This idea about, I feel like as Christian men, we have to apologize for being Christian men. Because so much of society is labeling us as being bigoted, as being the big word, misogynistic. Simply because we are trying to fulfill the biblical role of a man and a woman. It shouldn't be a surprise that 
things are the way they are sometimes. It says that man would rule the wife. In Genesis, you can go read it. It's the Word of God. And it says the wife will not enjoy that. She'll resist that. So it's not, again, about me saying, well, I'm, I'm going to just rule over... No. It's what does God say? What does the Word of God say? See, some of us, it's a little tight in here because we just get uncomfortable even talking about it because our society is so against it because they feel like it's an equality issue. It's not an equality issue. It's a role issue. Just like at your job, again, the boss doesn't mean the boss is more important than everybody. doesn't mean the boss is a better person. But they have a role of authority. And we submit to that if we're the employee. If we're being a good employee. So it's about role. But we must respect women. We must treat them with respect. And the things that contribute, again, we've talked about this, but our culture in some cases has very much uh, victimized women and, and put them into basically where they are an object they're a sexual object and nothing more. And that is absolutely wrong. Jesus treated women with, women with honor and respect. He spoke to women publicly, even when it was taboo to do so in his culture. He treated them with respect. He spoke with them openly. So Jesus respects women. Jesus loves women just as much as men, even though... The Word of God teaches us a different role. But there is respect and honor for women just as much as men. So we have to respect women. Number four, real men love children. Real men love children. Though Jesus had a busy and active schedule, He didn't consider anyone a waste of His time. Especially children. We read about parents bringing children to Jesus for Him to bless them. And we read about times where uh, the disciples would try to keep children away and Jesus would rebuke them and say, let them come to Me. And I've used this example before, but... (laughs) Just flick the mic used the example before but I, I saw this guy one time and it broke my heart because his son is trying to get his attention and he's just sitting there holding his cell phone and his son is literally pulling on his pant leg jumping up and down and the dad is like it's like his son's not even there for I don't know how long but several seconds and finally the son just just kind of walked away and his dad just never even looked Never acknowledged it. And we have to be careful as men. It's not just our wife's job to raise our children. I go out and I make money and you raise the kids. No, that's not. You're not only a leader of the home. You can't claim that leadership unless you're actually leading. God wants you to love your children. Reading a book to your child is just as important as preaching a message in the front of the church. Just as important, if not more. Because your family is your first priority. Give time for children. 
And he, I, this language that he uses is very challenging. And I like it, but he says, Christ's example for men today is not to ignore children, but to pay attention to them and protect them. A real man doesn't lustfully impregnate women only to abandon them to care for her children alone. A real man chooses one woman to love and marry and brings children into that solid, loving family relationship. And again, this is not any condemnation on anybody's past, but what will you do from this point forward? What will you do from now forward? My children are my responsibility just as much as my wife's. All right, final one. Number five is real men. I don't know why this is probably the the hardest one. If you thought it was hard till now, you're like, oh, come on, right? Real men control themselves. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's convicting. Real men control themselves. And again, we understand that we can't do this by ourselves. None of these points we're going to do well by ourselves, but especially this one. Because self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, right? It's something that grows out of our relationship and our dedication to the Lord. It's not something I just wake up one day and I'm going to try harder and therefore I control myself. It's not about being, you know, the self-control it takes to have a good diet or something. It's related, but it's I can I can focus on certain food and do that better than I can be a good spiritual man. I could discipline myself as an athlete to work out several hours a day like I did in high school, but I found it's a lot harder to be a biblical man than get my body into shape. There's more than willpower that takes here. It takes a, a submission to the Spirit of God. As you think about Jesus Christ, He experienced temptation just like we do, yet He never gave into it. Because he, the Spirit inside of Him overrode the flesh. He submitted Himself to the Spirit inside of Him. Christ's example for men today is not to be driven by urges, what feels good, or what's convenient. You know, most sin can be boiled down to selfishness. I know in my life. I'm just, again, I'll just talk about me. If I'm just trying to please me, that's going to lead to sin. I'm going to sin against my wife. I'm going to sin against my children. I'm going to sin against you as my brethren. I'm going to sin against people when I'm just looking out for me. What pleases me? What makes me happy? What, what do I want? That leads to sin. But when we can set aside our desires... We can submit those desires to godly desires. When our will is aligned with His will, that's where there, there's not even a law against that because then we're walking in the Spirit and there's no law against the Spirit. Because when you walk according to the Spirit, according to the, what God wants us to do, we don't have to be told right and wrong. We'll automatically do it. When we're loving others and we're loving God, we can't sin. 
So when we focus on serving Him and serving others, we're going to overcome sin. We're going to overcome the desires that we need to have more control over. When I'm focused outward instead of inward. Because usually sin happens when I burrow into my own little hole and remove myself from everybody else and get by myself and I'm in a dark place. And that's why they hated Jesus because He brought light to their deeds and they didn't want to change. So if I stay in the light (laughs) and I'm serving other people, it's pretty much impossible for me to sin. I can serve my way out of any sin. Again, maybe that's just a revelation for me, but that's what God spoke to me a few weeks ago about me. He said, you can serve your way out of any sin by either serving me or serving somebody else. You can serve your way out of any sin. And we, if you want to later, we, we could sit down, we could talk, you can give me any sin in the book and we'll figure out how we could serve out of it. Because I believe you can serve out of any sin. Serve your way out. In conclusion, three three characteristics that define a real man. Again, the same source, just bringing you several different articles, hitting the high points. Three characteristics that define a real man. Again, we find these in the example of Jesus Christ. Number one, Christ didn't crack under pressure and discomfort. And the implications for us as men today, he says, compromising what is right is simply not an option. We must be convinced or convicted in what we believe and exercise the strength of character to make right decisions based on our beliefs. This world desperately needs men and women of conviction who will not compromise what is right and will uphold high standards of conduct. Again, there's a lot of pressure to conform to the ideals of the world right now that are contrary to Christ. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to keep on doing what's right. Again, be loving, be compassionate, be caring, but we cannot compromise because then we're not honoring Christ. Number two, Christ worked hard and always did what was necessary. Christ worked hard and always did what was necessary. Prioritized responsibilities always come before once. I'll read that one more time. Prioritized responsibilities always come before once. And what we want. We must keep our commitments and never let video games, sports, movies, or recreation interfere with what really matters in our lives. Spiritual growth, relationships, jobs, serving, etc. And what better example than the cross? How convenient is the cross? I'm sure the Lord could have thought about 500, 1,000, a million things that would have been better (laughs) than the cross. That tends to put a damper on your wants. But he served. 
And number three, Christ was bold and confident. Again, there's a balance, there's a difference between arrogance and faith sometimes. It's misunderstood. We can't be arrogant, but we should be bold. Shouldn't have to apologize for being boldly Christian. For standing up for what is right. Because you're not only saving yourself, but you're helping others be saved. Be bold and confident that the Word of God is right, regardless of someone else's opinion. Get the Word right, get the facts right, and step out in faith. We must lead our families with courage and not with uncertainty and fear. We must take the initiative when we're needed to be brave. We cannot be dominated by indecisiveness and timidity. We must decide to protect and provide for those that we love as God protects and provides for us. Jesus is the ultimate example of what it means to be a biblical man. And I'll, as You can stand as we close with this. When He faced the cross, part of Him wanted to back down and avoid the inconceivable pain and shame. But he rose to the occasion. He overcame pride and selfishness. With courage, he silently faced his accusers, his mockers, his abusers, and ultimately, his murderers. He ignored the jeers of the crowd to come down from the cross and prove who he was because he was secure in who he was. He didn't have to prove it to anybody. He was unwavering in his mission. He did what needed to be done to advance the kingdom and to save the lost. We make heroes out of men who seemingly cheat death. But Jesus didn't just cheat death, He overcame it. He overcame death, hell, and the grave. He defeated it at the empty tomb. This is the kind of man that I want to be. To defeat darkness. To have the self-control it takes to overcome my pride and my selfishness that leads to sin. And I believe you do too. I believe all of us want to or else we'd be doing something else tonight. Right? And I'm confident that God will help us as we trust Him. Because I don't stand here as someone who's confident in myself at all. But I am confident in Jesus Christ. And he, he wants to help all of us be this kind of man. So let's not leave condemned tonight. Let's not leave feeling like, oh, I just don't measure up. Let's leave saying, God wants me to be that kind of man. And as I ask Him to help me, He's going to help me. He's going to help me get stronger and overcome. It may not happen overnight, but God's going to keep on helping me get better and stronger in Him. As I trust in Him, as I believe in Him, and as I follow Him. He is going to help me. Amen. So let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for...